Welcome to the Reading Aloud Podcast, a place where the creative, emotional, and hilarious aspects of relationship communication are explored in real time by a real couple. That's us. And a baby. (laughs) Enjoy. So we started our fertility journey podcast recordings in 2018? 2018. 2018, I think it was, yeah, Yeah. almost right when we started the podcast. It's been a long journey. <laughs> it's been a long journey. We're talking five years, but that wasn't yeah, even... This we... is the longest planning process that I've ever been in. Family planning. Yeah. Been through some long planning processes. Yeah. This is a long one. And our journey actually started in 2017. So what are, So what does that make? Eight, nine, it's six years. Six years. Lordy yeah. pickle. Yeah. Six years to the date, January. Something like that. Yeah, for sure. You know, we've talked a lot about what we're doing and we've talked about me being pregnant versus having a surrogate. And what I want to talk about is faith in the process and then specifically where we are. Yeah. Okay. Somebody asked me the other day, uh, one of my physicians was like, she kind of implied that I was experiencing subconscious stress about the pregnancy. And I couldn't have disagreed more. Fertility issues are so unique in the sense that you are so hopeful and sometimes feeling desperate and sometimes feeling a lot of despair. And we've talked about how it was nice not to be pregnant sometimes. The underlying feeling was our bodies aren't working the way we want them to. Our desires are not being met. We have a a deep longing. And I'm going to say, Pleat is over here on uh, where we record podcasts. And he's climbing up on this bed in our guest bedroom, and he has literally done probably what would you say, thirty-five to thirty-eight circles before he's laid down. I mean, please, I mean, it's it's a spot. mattress. There's multiple comforters. Like it's comfortable, bud. It's comfortable. He's got to make himself dizzy. Okay, please continue. So I feel that right now, the feeling of of relief that I'm not pregnant and our surrogate's not pregnant. So because it means we don't have to think about anything. And the other night I gave him a bath and put him to bed and he was so quiet and chill. He asked me to massage his feet in the <sighs> bath. Oh. I mean, he Angel never, baby. I know he never wants me to touch him, but he, we didn't have any toys in the bath and he, we just played with the uh, washcloth on his chest. And then I rubbed his feet and I do a sugar scrub, which is funny that he likes it. It's, it's really rough and he really likes it. And he's going to be like one of those people with massages. It's like, get in there. If he would ever let anybody touch him. Yeah. And then he went to bed very peacefully and everything was really quiet then you came home and we weren't watching television and we did a little like light pilates yoga thing and then we made out and it was awesome we met one of our we met one of our (laughs) our goals (laughs) and it was awesome and I just thought to myself this is too peaceful what I really thought to myself is I didn't ever think we'd find this peace again so here we are where many parents get to where shit feels good and then you fuck it up (laughs) You're like, let's let's do it again. Let's make it, it back. Yeah, let's make it chaotic. It's amazing to me that we got that piece. It felt it felt familiar, but from a long time ago. Yeah. And so again, back to this physician who who really told me I was experiencing underlying subconscious stress. I think it's unusual for people to be able to be this patient. Even our surrogate was like, you know, she had a moment where she was like, have I talked to you about how good I am at being patient? And we joke about that. But the unknown of it 
And especially because she's, you know, she would be the one to carry, right? It's like the unknown of it is so easy to get into the impatience. So what I told the physician was, this is maybe not a common experience, but in big situations, I really know how to turn it over and and rest in the unknown. And I actually think the mystery of it is cool. And we've talked about that before, but yeah, I mean, I'm, 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 it's on my mind, but I'm not experiencing subconscious stress. What comes up for me in this conversation is the whole pregnancy, fertility journey, and the whole experience having a kid is time as you have learned and grown accustomed to it passing and experiencing is completely thrown out the window. I mean, there's a very common saying out there when you have a little kid, long days, short years. And that is very true. Days can feel like epic. I mean, we, we've talked about it on this podcast Five minutes of scream crying is like 50 years off of your life. I mean, it's <laughs> it's absolutely, I mean, that five minutes feels like the longest. You will literally do anything in the world to get out of it. But then with the fertility journey, in the grand scheme, you know, we've been in this process for what, maybe a year for the second round, which is long. I don't know, for me, it hasn't felt like we've been in it for that long. You know, these moments of when we get a setback or we... or we take a step forward, they feel really intense. And what I mean by that is like time moves very quickly in those moments. When we take a step forward, it's like, okay, we're about to have a second kid. Better get a nursery ready. Like they're coming tomorrow. Like, do we have the car seat? I don't know. And it's just one small step forward. And then when we have a setback, it feels like we're never going to have a second kid. You know, and the way that time interacts and plays with this is just It just goes to show like the way that your experience goes with it. And I agree with you that you are very good at these big picture things of just letting go and releasing. And for me personally, I've actually had to actively work throughout this second fertility journey at staying as engaged because because it hasn't happened yet and it's been so much in the like paperwork world and it's not that I have been removed but you have taken on the majority of the tasks and the logistics around this it's been a practice for me to emotionally and mentally really remain engaged and intentionally engaged in this process and I think I've done a decent job at that and there's always room for improvement. Yeah, because there are so many moving parts. It has felt harder to delegate. And I I feel okay with that. I actually feel pretty controlling and micromanaging about it because time is of the essence because we're talking about cycle period cycles and you know, we're looking at a couple of different appointments here and there, and they're all timely. There's no room for like, put it on your calendar on your priorities list. It's right. do it now. And so I can't delegate that out because I don't even have time because it's like, it's already done by the time I've thought about it. So, you know, one of the things that I mentioned potentially on the podcast, but definitely to you, babe, is that I, when we went through the process of starting and, and, and one of the reasons you were disconnected from that is I started those estrogen patches on the day your mother died. She died later that day. I felt very alone in that. And I think we talked about that. I felt alone, but I also felt empowered. I didn't feel there were times where I felt lonely, but, you know, or had to manage the fact that I was yeah. taking extra estrogen in mm-hmm. the midst of your grief and you were not available to support that. And I think there was one day where I was like, I just need you to acknowledge that in three weeks we could be pregnant. And 
I have felt a lot of hesitation about that. And right now, even though I'm showing up for you awesomely and just totally steady, I am also pulsing with extra hormones. So I think that it was, it's not surprising to me that you feel somewhat disconnected and in, in certain ways. And so then when it didn't work out from a timing perspective, and again, I talked about this on the podcast, but I felt really insecure. I was like, whoa, what is the what is the path here? Cause that felt like the right next step. I was very prepared for it. And then the next week we got word that our surrogate would probably be, get medical approval. And I was just like, I, I don't know. I don't know anymore. I don't know if I want to do, to go the route of surrogacy. I would say since then, since pushing pause on my getting pregnant and walking that path and having the doors continue to open for the surrogacy, I feel way more connected. Like I, I am glad not to be pregnant right now. Truly. Mm, mm, mm-hmm. We've talked about having a great start to the year and I, and I'm like, if I was morning sick, I don't know that it would be this great. Who knows? Who yeah. knows? Who knows? Yeah. You know, we continued to walk as, as you just alluded to, we continue to walk both of these paths of you having our second embryo implanted or it being implanted in uh, a surrogate. And we've had to do all of these like psych evals and lawyers and man, it's a, it is a big process and I think it's very interesting and understandable, but is how all of these different parties have approached us or initiated these conversations because we aren't going through an agency and uh, we've kind of had to do this extra effort of work to convince these people that, like, we know what we're doing. We're doing this the right way. And, and I, or that we can walk this path. Like, we just need information and that yeah. we're capable of doing it. I mean, it's... Exactly. Yeah, and I get it from their perspective. You know, sure. you have people you don't know coming to you and saying this and they're not going through official channels. I get the hesitation. But, like, it has been somewhat frustrating at times people have just assumed we're stupid or that we haven't thought through really important questions yeah yeah it has highlighted for me and this has come up in other areas of our life but like how much mistrust there is in our medical system and not just between patients and doctors or patients and providers but inter between other between providers between doctors between agencies between this Nobody trusts anybody else to do it because they all do it slightly differently. And it's just this extra burden on us as the patients in this specific example to like determine because everybody else is throwing everybody else under the bus in some passive aggressive well, way. Let, and it's amazing. To yeah. Me. Yeah. I want to clarify what you're talking about because that that is definitely kind of vague. But it, it what you're saying is that everybody is an expert. And even the other day with one of the coordinators, she was like, I don't know why the doctor didn't write this or whatever. And I'm just like, y'all like, let's, I know that everybody wants to be right. And I understand that everybody feels like an expert, but you're right. Everybody's doing it a little different and it would just be really nice and reassuring to get some more collaborative approaches. Like, yeah, they did a great job. And you know, can we get a little bit more information or can it's weird. It has been weird. It's, it's hyper competitive. Oh, that's an interesting point. Yeah. For nothing, right? Like we're just trying to reach a, goal. It's a big burden. So 
you know, and part of it is that we're saving costs by not going through an agency, but, and we have a, a unique situation of somebody who we know who's offered. So to be the surrogate. So we are in that place. I mean, we are waiting on the, like we were for the last couple of weeks waiting on the final medical clearance, which will then send us into working with our attorneys. And, you know, they didn't pick up one piece of missing information. So when it got to the doctor's desk to review, they were like, oh, we need this one piece of missing information. So that we've gone back to the drawing board. We've gone back to the doctor, sending it again. I think it's funny. I think it's funny that like we cannot get this medical clearance in any kind of timely fashion. <laughs> it's been this, it's been two months. Do you I know mean, that? Oh, two months. yeah. I have been amazed at how long it has taken them. I don't quite understand it. Well, I think that that's the thing about the faith piece is for some people, it probably moves fast. We are in the position like we try to do it over the holidays. And so that slowed things down. And then there's just been other little weird things. And so I don't know why it's taking long for us. I do know that we've got attorneys on retainer and evaluators who are literally sitting ready to make moves. And of course, if she gets medical approval, once we get the legal documents in order, it's immediately, it's immediately going to be her next cycle starts. Boom. And that's what you're talking about. It'll be days and then she'll be here and then she'll go home for a month and then it'll be days and she'll be right back. And it's crazy to think about how fast it'll go once all of those other things are done. And if she doesn't get medical approval, it'll be me and it'll be like, we're pregnant next month. Hopefully, hopefully. What are we doing to prepare ourselves for that quick transition? It's like you're it's like you're waiting in line for a water slide that's moving really, really slow. And then all Mm. of a sudden you can't see and you walk through a curtain and it's like, boom, jump on it, you know, and I'm down to the bottom after you were just like checking your Facebook or something. Then all of a sudden you're going a thousand miles an hour down a water slide to a water park. And when can Neo go to a water park? Like how fun. Yeah. Like there's probably Well, that's kids. the cool thing about kids too, sidebar, is that, you know, you get to then go back and experience all these things. Like neither of us have been to an amusement park in whatever, fifteen, twenty years. Wrong. Okay. Uh, I went to one in, I went to one probably ten years ago. I mean I still Okay, ten years, yeah. Well so how, how long is probably how too long, long have we known each other? Almost ten years. Your fault. <laughs> <laughs> Point being that kids open up these like, oh, all of this that I didn't have reason to do, now I now I do. It's so cool. So like going to a water park. I can't wait. I can't wait. You know what I'm not looking forward to? I don't think I'm looking forward to all the animated movies. I I love them. I know. I know. Can't get enough. I know. Well, then that'll be our thing. Yeah. You can give the foot rubs. Oh, my God. I will give all the foot rubs that anybody will take. You want a foot rub? No. I didn't think so. Damn it. How did I get here? (laughs) How did I get here? A non-snuggly baby. And uh, you know what? I thought Pleat was the solution to my my touch. And he just... Little did you know. Yeah. Little did you know that when you touch him, he loses his mind. And he's like... (laughs) And I'm like, chill, chill. He's getting better. He was actually better and he's getting worse. But now he's back towards getting better. It's like riding a roller coaster at an amusement park. I think that this is one of those situations where maybe some people feel this when they start trying to get pregnant. They feel that sense of I'm prepared to try and prepared for the outcome. But I think in this instance, I mean, there's obviously clear differences with IVF. 
it is so controlled that we would know when it's going to start. I feel like we've been preparing because we know that if we get the go ahead, it'll happen that the transfer will happen and we will know the date and we will know everything about it. And if it takes, then we will know that. Yeah. I think from my perspective, it's, it's about being able to manage and to, and manage is probably too much of an intense word, but like being able to acclimate and adjust to these kind of short bursts of intense change. So for example, when this starts, either you or the surrogate is going to be pregnant. That will be, and then we will be like, pregnant this family unit will be pregnant and there will be a period there of like acclimating to that fact then we're going to be going through pregnancy which has its ups and down periods you know there will be periods of months in there when when it's down i have a question for you you know this year has started out so great and we have these really positive we just have this positive association with this year and I, I'm not setting an expectation on it, but you know, it's funny that that felt like a caveat. I'm not, I'm not expecting to know what's up, but like there are times when you know things, intuition is saying things and just to trust that and not to have to feel like, Oh, but I know like that you have to explain that you understand that life can hit you over the fucking head and ruin everything. But I do feel there's a different energy about this year for us. And I wonder if I'm the one to get pregnant, if that's going to take it down, you know, because of how difficult it has been for me to be pregnant or if it will be, you know, who knows, right? Maybe the energy of the year is preparing you for that. Yeah, you know? totally. Yeah. What, back when I the surrogacy conversation first came up, I had a bunch of people say, that feels really good when you say it. That seems really good. And a lot of people were like, that is going to be the path. And then I w- almost got pregnant. If we had been better, uh, if we had understood my cycle better, the whole medical team. And then I did it. And now people are saying again, like, I think that this is the path that's going to happen. And it's, I like it. I like it. I'm back to really wanting to, to uh, wanting the surrogacy path. I feel hopeful and I feel trusting in it. I was feeling really nervous about it for after, after I didn't get pregnant. Yeah. I'm so, I'm so glad to hear that. And what do um, you feel? What do you want? I'm continuing to be centered in the process. I feel like, yeah, I feel like either direction is going to be what it needs to be. And I'm still just there. Remember when we sat down and you were like, okay, surrogacy could offer an offload of the intensity on my body, the offload on the mood stuff. And I think there are more benefits per se in terms of like the things to surrogacy. There's risks in terms of outcomes, but I think we're doing everything we can to to manage that. There's a lot of benefits to, to surrogacy and I'm excited about that. I will say the way that I am preparing is that I dream about I dream about what it could be like to have a baby without having to go through the process of pregnancy. And it feels really good. And I feel like I can rise to that occasion. I say that. I'm curious if you believe me because it may just be a bit of a fantasy because I'm like, oh, I'm not going to be healing. I'm not going to be doing the chest feeding, breastfeeding or any of that. And then I think about how Pleat kept me up for two days and I was like, we got to rehome him. I always think any sort of like motivation and positive thoughts continue to move you down the road, whether it's the whole kit and caboodle or not. That doesn't actually matter. Of course, you're going to have future experiences where you don't feel that. But each moment that you're able to have some sort of like motivation and excitement yeah. around something, it, it helps move well, you down the road. And, and so exci- that's how I think about it. I was motivated and excited for Neo and 
and it tore me to shreds that first year. But and also it's with Pleat. I'm like, it's never going to be better. And I just like I can't believe that I'm saying that about Pleat because it is the same thing I felt about having a baby. I was like, it's gone. Our lives are gone forever. And then we have peaceful moments and reconnection and all of that. And so I'm like, I'm like, when am I going to learn that things truly do pass? I wouldn't think about it like I had this and then it was this. It was like b- because you had those moments of excitement, it made those difficult parts, no matter if you felt it in that moment, it made them somewhat easier, mm-hmm. you know, because if you hadn't have had those moments of excitement and intrigue and, you know, hope, then those moments of difficult would have been that much worse. And you don't know that because you didn't experience it. Got but it. like, but like that's, you know, savoring those good moments is is not about not having bad moments. It's about just elevating the frequency right. of those difficult moments because you have a well to draw from. Right. I think that is the case with Pleat too, is that even though I get to my wits end, I still look at him and think, okay, it's possible. All right. Well, I appreciate this conversation and yeah. maybe next time we'll have an update that has like, more I don't know. to it? Yeah. Uh, more an teeth. actual movement in a direction. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Love, Love you. you. Thanks y'all for listening and participating. We always have a great time with you. And if you enjoy the podcast, please go online and rate, review, share this with your friends. This is the way that we build this community. Yeah. All right. Bye. Bye.